by Impact Sports. This is episode number 16, and I'm Alex Beaudry. So, now that we are getting ready for the NFL postseason, which will kick off on Saturday this week, uh, first year that we'll have a Monday night football game. So we got games Saturday, Sunday, as usual, and then we have a game on Monday night. First year that the NFL has implemented the Monday night playoff game, really curious to see how it pans out. Um, I can imagine that the teams that are playing on Monday night are not happy. Uh, I'm sure you get the extra day to prepare this week, uh, but the winner of that game is going to have to turn around and play on six days rest, which I understand that teams are used to it throughout the season, you know, having a Monday night game and transitioning to the Sunday game. But come playoff time, I can't imagine that teams like that. Uh, It's the reason why in week 18 we don't have a Monday night game. So teams can go into the playoffs with a full week to prepare, um, although some of them only have six days for the Saturday game. Uh, but still, um, I can't imagine those teams that are playing this Monday night are super thrilled about if you win, you got to turn around and play on six days rest while the other team you know, could have a full week. Anyway, um, since the playoffs are kicking off this weekend, um, I thought it would be a good exercise to run through Article 37 of the Collective Bargaining Agreement, which is all about postseason pay. So, you know, most most people probably think that um, players that are in the playoffs are paid by their teams, and that's inaccurate. So a player's contract that they receive from their team only covers the regular season. So when you look at a player's contract, that's the amount of money they will make over an 18-week season. So Aaron Rodgers' $25 million contract or whatever it is this year, he makes that amount of money over the 18 weeks of the regular season, paid in 36-week installments. So he gets half of his weekly check every week for 36 weeks. So he gets that $25 million over that time period or whatever his salary is. just winging it here Um, but I think you get the point so the team pays him or any player for that matter for their regular season service if a team makes the postseason the players are paid for those games so players will receive a paycheck for every week that their team is in the playoffs however that money comes from the league itself so um, the NFL will be paying the players for the 14 games or 14 teams, excuse me, that are in the playoffs. And I'll, I'll run through the amounts that you get per week depending on whether you were a division winner or what round of the playoffs it is. So <clears throat> this is all laid out in Article 37, and I'm going to run through it. It's a pretty short article. It's only two pages long, but it's pretty dense and has some good information that will give you a little bit of a peek behind the scenes on how postseason pay is distributed and how it works. So let's run through it. Section one talks about the playoff system in itself. And it states here that a four-tiered playoff system 
will be used and continued throughout the term of this agreement. So what does it mean by a four-tiered system? There's a wildcard game. Those are the games going on this weekend. A divisional playoff game, which will be next week, the conference championships. So the AFC and the NFC championship games, and then the Super Bowl game. So there's four rounds to the playoffs. What's interesting about that is this is the second year that the NFL has implemented the seventh playoff team. So so last year was the first year. This is the second year. So now it used to be only six teams. You would have the top two teams receive a bye. And then there were the other four teams in that conference would play on wildcard weekend. Essentially two games per week up until the championship games and then the Super Bowl, obviously. What's interesting about how this language is written is we could see the NFL really at any time implement an eighth playoff team. So what they would do is they would still have a four-tiered system as laid out in the collective bargaining agreement. You would just have no teams receive a bye. So, for example, the Packers or the Titans this year, your number one seeds, they would play this weekend. uh, They would play the eighth seed. You could have you could add that additional team without having to change the tiering structure of the postseason as it's laid out in the current collective bargaining agreement. This collective bargaining agreement is good through the 2030 season, so for the next nine years, um, and I don't see that being amended. So, if the NFL wanted to change the playoff system at all, they could do it unilaterally. They would just add that eighth team, and they wouldn't have to change any of the language in the collective bargaining agreement. To be honest, I believe that the NFL will eventually do that. Maybe not next year, maybe not the year after, but in the next five years, I will fully expect an eighth playoff team to be added for one reason and one reason only, and that's TV revenue. Uh, If you add an eighth team, that's two additional games this week, And if you looked at the TV ratings that were released, Adam Schefter reported on this. It's all over Twitter. The NFL in 2021 had something like 91 of the top 100 shows on TV. So if you look at the TV ratings in 2021 and you look at the top 100 TV shows based on ratings, the NFL held 91 spots. That included 48 of the top 50. So... The NFL is king in the age of streaming and, you know, on-demand, skipping commercials. Live sports is the driver of television, and it allows advertisers to still run ads that will have people looking at them because sports is the one thing that you really can't skip or, you know, record because then you're not seeing it live and you're behind the times. Also... If you are not a Roger Goodell fan, I have bad news for you. He is not going anywhere. He has done a masterful job when it comes to securing revenue for the NFL. If you look at the TV contracts that were just signed uh, over the last 12 months, for the next 10 years or so, the NFL is going to bring in over $100 billion just in TV revenue. And it's because they are king. So I don't care what anybody says about any other sports organization. The NFL is king. The NFL is growing. And Roger Goodell is the reason behind it. 
when it comes to the NFL and its owners, they cannot be happier with Roger Goodell. So it doesn't really matter what your personal opinion of is of him. He's going to be the commissioner for a long time, and the NFL is continuing to grow. It's continuing to just print money, and his job has never been safer. So <clears throat> that's a little bit about my rant on TV revenue and what may happen to the playoff system moving forward. I fully expect that eighth team to be added here over the next five years. All right, so section two of article 37 gets into the compensation per round of the playoffs. So this is wildcard weekend. So if you are a division winner, so thank your Dallas Cowboys, St. Louis Rams, Kansas City Chiefs, etc. If you won your division and you are playing this weekend, every player on your team, spot one through 53, will all receive a game check in the amount of $42,500. If you are a wildcard team, so think your uh, Philadelphia Eagles, San Francisco 49ers, etc., 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 Oakland Raiders, or excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders, uh, <clears throat> you will get a game check in the amount of 37500 for your efforts this weekend. Teams on the bye, so your Packers and your Titans players, will also receive a game check this week because why shouldn't they? They earned it. Just because they're not playing doesn't mean they should lose out on some revenue. They will also get the amount of $37,500. So um, your wildcard teams and your first-round buys get a check for thirty-seven-five. Division winners will get a check for forty-two-five. If your team advances and you play in the divisional round, every player on every team will get 42500 If you are a conference champion, uh, so you make it to the championship game, AFC championship or NFC championship, you'll receive a check for $65,000. And if you make it to the Super Bowl and your team wins, 150000 and the losing team will get 75000 So not only is legacy... Uh, at um, not only is your legacy being competed for in the Super Bowl, you know, getting that ring, being a champion, uh, but a little bit of extra cash. And you know, in the grand scheme of things, for most of these guys, seventy-five grand isn't you know life-changing money by any stretch of the imagination. But I think if you asked anybody if you could have an extra seventy-five grand, everybody would take it. So, <clears throat> if you are a division winner and you win the Super Bowl. You can earn up to $300,000 in the postseason. If you are a Super Bowl loser, you're looking at about $225,000. So, you know, for your Tom Brady's, your Aaron Rodgers, your Pat Mahomes, Dak Prescott's, pick your favorite high-paid quarterback, uh, $300,000 really isn't much in the grand scheme of things. But if you look at an undrafted guy, a seventh-round draft pick, who's making the league minimum, you know, that extra 300 k is like an extra 50% of their salary. So it's a big deal um, and well-deserved. So that's how it works. These amounts that I just ran through do go up every year of the collective bargaining agreement. So if you're really nerdy and you want to check it out, if you look at page 207 of the agreement, it's got a nice little chart on there that lays all of this out. And the amounts go up modestly throughout the rest of the agreement. So by the time we get to uh, 
2030, your first round almost it does double. It, so you'll, uh, players in, in 2030 will be making uh, $88,500 for the division winners of wildcard weekend. So it does go up every year. Um, not surprising. Everything in the NFL goes up every year, a la TV contracts, as previously mentioned. So that's how the compensation works. Again, this is not paid by the team. This doesn't impact salary cap or anything like that. This is all paid out by the league and by the owners themselves to the players in the postseason. So this has nothing to do with team finances or salary caps. It's all paid by the league. Sections 3 and 4 of Article 37 get into the details about who is eligible to make the amounts that I just went through. Section three is much easier. It's pretty simple. Any player who is on the active list, inactive list, or injured reserve list at the time of either the wild card or the divisional games will be paid the full amount in section two. So active, inactive, that's really easy. You're on the roster or if you're on injured reserve for your team, you will collect the amounts that I just went through. This particular section is why I, when I talked about the Antonio Brown deal with him you know, leaving, him filing an injury grievance because he states that he was hurt at the time that he was cut, which NFL teams are not allowed to do. So if he were to file an injury grievance and if he were to win said injury grievance, he would be treated as if he was on injured reserve. So what does that mean? Well, that means Tampa Bay plays this weekend. If they win and they play next weekend, he would be entitled to $85,000. He would get $42,500 for this week, and he would get $42,500 for next week. So <clears throat> that's why it's important. So not only did he lose his week 18 game check, he also loses any potential playoff payouts. So <clears throat> obviously we'll see where that goes. I think the NFLPA is still investigating it. I'm assuming they're going to file an injury grievance or Antonio Brown will file an injury grievance on his own. Um, if he wins that, he would be entitled to postseason pay. <clears throat> so it's important for him to get that extra last-minute cash. Okay, so <clears throat> wild card and division playoff games, pretty simple, right? If you're on the active list, inactive list, or IR, you get the full amounts. For conference championships and Super Bowl weekend, it gets a little more convoluted. Um, so I'm going to run through it. There's section four, subsections A through J. So there's quite a few different scenarios here. I'll do my best to run through them and explain them because um, it, it gets a little bit in the weeds here, but important, at least if you're a nerd and want to understand it. So <clears throat> subsection A states that a player who at the time of the game in question is and has been on the active or inactive list of a club in the championship games for at least three previous games, regular or postseason, will receive the amount, full amount, okay? So if you're on the active and active list and you have been for the last three games, you will receive the full amounts in section two. Okay, subsection B. If at the time of the game, so conference championship or Super Bowl, 
and you have been on the active inactive list for less than three previous games, regular or postseason, you will receive one half the amount in section two. So what does that mean? Let's say I'm going to make make this completely up. Let's say that uh, Tampa Bay is playing for a conference championship. Rob Gronkowski gets hurt, and they bring up a tight end from the practice squad to fill his roster spot. That tight end will not have played in the last three games or would not have been on the active and active list for the last three games. Therefore, he would be entitled to half of the amounts in Section 2 for the conference championship and Super Bowl weekends. Okay? That's what that means. Subsection C is what I call the loophole rule. And what this talks about is what about a player who was what the collective bargaining agreement would consider an integral part of the team but is no longer on the roster. So this states that a player at the time of the game is not on the active or inactive list but was on the active and active list for eight or more games, regular or postseason, will receive the full amount in Section 2, provided that he is not under contract from another team in the same conference. So how does this work? Let's say that you had a player on the Green Bay Packers for 10 weeks, the first 10 weeks of the season, and then he's either traded or cut, and then he's picked up by an AFC team. Okay, So if the Packers make the Super Bowl, that player would receive postseason play, postseason pay for the entire run of the Green Bay Packers season. Okay. If he then goes to the Kansas City Chiefs, he would also get postseason pay under the Kansas City Chiefs because now he's an active member of that team. So this is like a loophole where a player, as long as they switch conferences, they could get double postseason pay. Okay, and this has happened in the past. So it's rare, but it can happen. So, you know, the one thing to remember is they must change conferences. So if I get cut by the Packers and I get picked up by the Dallas Cowboys, I would not qualify for this. Okay, I have to go from the AFC to the NFC or from the NFC to the AFC. But there's a loophole there for a player to get double paid. It also goes to show that if it pays to be on a good team for at least eight weeks um, because you can get some extra cash if that team makes it to the conference championship or the Super Bowl. All right. Subsection D talks about it's kind of the same thing as subsection C, but what happens if I was there for between three but not more than seven games? I would receive one half the amount under subsection 2 for the conference championship game and the Super Bowl game. Again, provided that I am not in the same conference on another team. Okay? Subsection E. A veteran player who is injured during the regular season um, and has been removed from the active or inactive list will receive the full amount in Section 2 for such game provided he is still under contract. 
So if you are a veteran player, you're on the active and active list, uh, but then you get hurt in the postseason and you're placed on IR, you will still receive <clears throat> the full amount. <coughs> excuse me. You will still receive the full amount under Section 2, provided you're still on the team. Okay, so here um, is where Antonio Brown would not collect, right? Even if he wins his injury grievance and he's deemed to be on IR, he would not collect because he is not under contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers anymore. Same with, you know, <clears throat> so any player who gets hurt this postseason and they, um, they get hurt and they're placed on IR, you would continue to uh, collect, okay? Subsection F is the exact same thing as subsection E, except it talks about a first-year player. If you are a first-year player and you're injured during the regular season and you're removed from the active and active list, but you're still under contract with that team, a la you're on injured reserve, you'll receive one half of the amount designated in subsection 2 for the conference championship games and the Super Bowl games, provided you are still on an NFL player contract or a practice squad contract, okay? Subsection G, if you are a veteran who completed the season in which his fourth year or more of credited service under the Burt Bell, Pete Rizal NFL player retirement plan was earned, is injured in the preseason, and as a result is removed from the active and active list, but is still under contract with the team, put on IR, uh, you will receive the full amount under the contract for the club at the time of the game. Okay, so this goes back to what is accredited season. I went through this in rather great detail <coughs> in a previous episode when I talked about credited seasons versus accrued seasons and credit seasons for benefits versus salary. Anytime you see Burt Bell, Pete Rizal, we're talking about credited seasons for benefits. And in order to receive a credited season, it's any season in which a player is on one of the following lists for at least three regular season or postseason games. Active and active, injured reserve, or physically unable to perform list. So as long as you've been on one of those lists for three regular season games in four or more years, you will qualify under subsection G. So <clears throat> you got a star player. I'm going to use Cam Akers as an example. I know it's not perfect since he's back on the regular season list or he's back on the active and active list, but let's assume, <clears throat> you know, he gets hurt in the pre in the preseason, tears his Achilles. Let's assume he's human and would not have been able to come back because he's very clearly not human being able to recover that quickly from a torn Achilles. But let's assume that he was unable to come back to the Rams. The Rams place him on IR. If the Rams go on to win the Super Bowl, and he was still on IR, he would receive the full amounts in subsection two, or in sub in section two, excuse me. <clears throat> so that's what uh, section G is all about. Under H, if you are a veteran player, but you have not completed your fourth year of credited service, okay, so you're in your third year, your second year, whatever it might be, if you're injured during the preseason and you're on IR for the full year, you will receive one half of the amounts in section two. If you're a first year player, you're a true rookie, you're hurt in the preseason, on IR, you get one fourth the amount in section two, okay? So that's pretty much how postseason pay works. In terms of payment, players will receive 
their paychecks within 15 days after the game is played. So players this weekend will get a check within about two weeks. And again, all money is coming from the league itself. It has nothing to do with team salaries. So <clears throat> it's a little extra bonus on top of your annual salary if your team makes the playoffs, which is good. Nice to get a little extra change in the pocket. One thing to note for agents, because this is a collectively bargained amount and it's not negotiated or anything like that, it's coming from the NFL itself, you cannot charge agent fees for postseason pay. So the player gets 100% of this money to them. No agents collect on this, okay? So <clears throat> I hope you all found that interesting um, as we head into the playoffs. Also, one kind of logistics note, since we are heading into the playoffs, uh, Mike and I thought it would be better to do an episode before the playoffs so we can run through each conference, talk about the games, give our predictions. Uh, you all can hear mine and then do the exact opposite. And if you're into sports gambling, probably win a little bit of money. I think on this podcast, I'm 0 for 100 in terms of predictions when it comes to predicting games. The latest example was the Georgia Bulldogs just rolled over the Crimson Tide despite my extreme confidence in Alabama. Once again, proving that I'm an idiot and I have no idea what's going to happen in these games. But it'll be fun anyway to talk to Mike. We'll run through the different scenarios. We'll talk about the different games. And that episode will come out on Saturday so that you can listen prior to um, prior to the games coming out. So watch for that to drop. And then next week we'll resume our normal schedule. Um, so, yeah, if you enjoyed it, please share the episode. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram, and Substack. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk real soon. Later.